everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How you doing this week, Bill? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Not a lot going on. Uh, per usual, just busy at work and those other little things there. I did, uh, last Friday, go out. I did take partake in the Force Friday celebrations at all your major retail outlets. That was something. Awesome. Well, Thursday night, I was sitting here, I'm like, it's a couple hours from midnight, I have nothing better to do. I thought, you know what, fuck it, I grabbed a book, I went out, there was already like 15 people in line at Toys R Us. I sat there, a friend of mine named Nick, I have not talked to a couple years, he's played hero clicks with him and stuff, he showed, he showed up right behind me, so I, was like, I sat and talked with him for half an hour and a half, so I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, Toys R Us opened, uh, Toys R Us had like hired a bunch of cosplayers, so it was a person dressed as a Wookiee, uh, Couple of bounty hunters, you know, imperial imperial uh, officers, uh, some kids dressed as Jawas. Man, I wish like the stores around me did that sort of shit. Yeah, I mean, they were, it was nice they did all that, but it's classic. Like it was no different than two years ago with Horse Friday. Right. Uh, you get in there and there's just one case of new uh, Black Series figures, and then if you want uh, pop vinyl, they had those, and if you want like the really shitty three and three quarter inch figures, they had they had a lot of those. But besides that, that was it. It was hilarious. Yeah, I went to my local Target and saw a shit ton of Star Wars toys just sitting on the shelf like yesterday. Uh, now I, I I will get to uh, my, the the Target side of this story. So that was Sorry. hilarious. The, but you know it's so funny because Toys R Us is like that because Toys R Us does not do a very good job of clearancing out old merchandise. So when you looked at the, the Black Series figures, it's just thirty figures. And it's all Finn, Constable Zuvio, Ray. Uh, Jin Urso, Cassie Nandor, all these figures that have been sitting on the shelves, for m- many of them for two years now. Yeah, that was hilarious. I was like, that was so stupid and funny. So whatever. I just went home and I thought, you know, I'll just go to Target because I wanted some figures. I did want some Black Series 6 inch figures from yeah. the Force Friday uh, offerings. So I said, okay. So I woke up, uh, uh, Target opens at 8 on, on that on Friday. You know, it's what they weren't doing normal, uh, I mean, uh, different uh, t- openings. It was just, you know, normal hours. So I got up uh, my normal time for work. I got ready, left. Uh, probably got to Target about yeah seven fifteen. I was the only person there. Of course, uh, I was there. I was the only person there until about for about twenty five minutes. So you know, roughly seven thirty, seven forty. That's when a couple, you know, a couple more people showed up. By the time the doors opened, there was only me, about five other people. Okay. Uh, we walked in. The lady was there. Hand out. They had some. They had some pins. They're like you know, but not pins. Buttons. They're handing out. They're kind of stupid, but they're whatever. They're free. So we took our buttons. We walked back to the action figure aisle. There were some pegs there, so we were able to get you know people were looking at stuff. Then uh, Target. They have like a section where it's usually seasonal stuff. So like there might be Christmas stuff, back to school stuff. When it comes to the Star Wars time, they always like take an aisle and make it all Star Wars stuff. And they had a pallet full of stuff. They had tons of stuff. I was able to easily get. Actually, there was so much stuff. I could look at stuff. I'm like, okay, well, the paint job in this one's better than this one. So I was able to get my Grand Admiral Thrawn figure, my Harrison Dula figure, and the uh, Stormtrooper Executioner figure that was a Target exclusive. So I got the three figures I wanted. Easy peasy. Sweet. The, the most trouble I had was realizing there was a sale on the Target Cartwheel app. And then I thought, okay, I'll download the app real quick. But the app wasn't working. So I stood there for like 10 minutes trying to fight this app. Then said, fuck it. I don't need a $10 gift card that badly. And just bought my <laughs> shit and left. <laughs> So the par- the, you know, this the parallels between the two is hilarious. There's nobody at Target, and they had everything there. Yeah, of course. But Toys R Us, there was like 40 people by the time the store opened, and no one really got anything. That's funny. It's it's really funny. It's really really funny. So I was hearing similar cases from a lot of different places. I hope people who did venture out and get stuff had a good time. I mean, most everything was easily pre-orderable on Amazon if you didn't want to go out. It's just a matter that it won't be shipping until October, so you have to wait a little bit. But mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool to kind of, you know, go check it out. Because I, I didn't do it the first Force Friday because I didn't care about the, the merchandise being put out. And hell, the merchandise I bought, two-thirds of it was stuff from things that aren't even related to the new movie. Right. And I only bought the Stormtrooper Executioner because I thought it looked kind of cool. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. I hope it's the uh, stormtrooper that fought Finn with a baton in the first movie, just back with more armor. Yeah, I don't know how long they're. I'm thinking in the film they'll be there for like two minutes and they won't mount anything. Yeah, of course. Like all these fucking Praetorian guards and their weird red armor and everything. I'm like, yep, yeah, they'll be in the movie for like two minutes probably. They probably won't mount anything. I bet they're gonna do as much as the Rogar did in the original trilogy. <laughs> 
Hey, they look pretty cool. It's, about, it's not about what they did, it's about what they could do. That's not what being a hero is, Bill. I should know. I wrote that show for Marvel. <laughs> True, that's fair. Uh, a manga I was reading called My Love Story ended this month uh, with the release of this final volume. I cried very hard. Uh, check that book out. 13 volumes, My Love Story. It's a Sojo series, so that might, might not be for everybody. But I found it incredibly charming and adorable, and it was the uh, was the most sad thing I ever read. Oh. It ended happily, but I got to the last page, and it was just like I started crying because it, it was over. I was like, this is so... Ah. It was very upsetting. Uh, and then One Punch Man had a new volume out this month, and I read it, and it was amazing. Then I have to wait till March for another volume. Oh, wow, March? I know. I saw. I thought, okay, I should go ahead, I'll go ahead and print our next volume. Get on Amazon. March of 2018. Motherfucker, are you serious? I have to wait that fucking long? Jesus. I know, seriously. But it's a fucking incredible series, so I'm not gonna <laughs> get mad. I'm just gonna debate why I don't follow other series that go a lot quicker, apparently. That's fine. Yeah. My wife is on episode 430 of One Piece out of 1,100 episodes. I don't think there's that many. There's only 800. I thought so too, but Crunchyroll updated to 1100. Yeah, Crunchyroll so I... also in that number includes things like previews and all sorts of other shit. See, that's what I'm curious about. I asked if she could verify it. I don't know. All I know is that there's too many episodes. Well, you know, there's this thing called Wikipedia. Let me tell you real quick. Television series. I'll tell you how we're going to do some on the fly uh, reporting real quick, checking shit out, getting the information, waiting for Google Chrome to Google something. I typed into Google, how many episodes does One Piece have? And the answer Google gave me is 50. <laughs> um, I will think that's right, Google. <laughs> that is uh, incorrect. <laughs> okay, uh, so there's 86 volumes of the manga. There are 804 episodes of the anime. Yes, yeah, It has been running since October 20th, 1999. The manga has been running for 20 years. Yes. So, it's fascinating to me because all of the Dragon Ball property series to combined is not even 800 episodes. Nope. And this has been ongoing. Yep, it has not stopped run- running since 99. Yep. 18 years. It's impressive. Yeah, I mean, One Piece is, I think, is really popular with a lot of people in the United States, but it's not as big as Dragon Ball because Dragon Ball got a generation when it was come, to, come from school, watch Dragon Ball. So everyone our age and around the age group is like, you get people, like, they love Dragon Ball, but they'll say they hate anime. I'll never understand that, but... Yeah. That, that kills me every time. Whenever you get the people like, oh, you fucking weebs, ha, <laughs> Trump supporters like anime, <laughs> Meanwhile, they... Yeah, go they watch, they watch Dragon Ball Super every week and all this other shit. Yeah. It's like, you like anime too, you fucks. No, it's not the same. Okay. This isn't anime, this is Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, okay, fucker. <laughs> yeah, but I think us in, the, us in America don't quite grasp just how huge One Piece is. In uh, Japan. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, yeah, it's like 20 years, so almost. So it's just ginormous. Do you think that there's people in Japan that are huge fans of Brave Star? Uh, Steve, no. Oh. There, oh, oh wait, wait, sorry. Are there people? Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's somebody. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than two people, so that'd make, I mean, that'd make it people. So I'm sure yes. there, in the entire country of Japan, I'm sure two people really love Brave Star. Okay, that's all I want. It's, all it's I like I'm sure. There's... I just want someone in Japan to appreciate our finest animation. It's true. I'm. Sh- you know, it's funny though because yeah, it's it's interesting because back in the '80s, Mattel did try to do Masters of the Universe in Japan, like do toys and stuff, and it went over like horrifically. <laughs> so much so that it's that that's one of those cases where they made toys, but nobody has any evidence they made toys. That's like, they, like funny. it's one of those cases where. Like, one guy has, like, a box of it. And guys at Super 7 wanted to get it from him so they could scan it and do recreations of it. But then the usual collector mentality of, oh, if you do that, that means more people will have it than I do. So I don't want to do that. Yeah. That, 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 that selfish mentality that kind of comes with being... So with some collectors. Mm-hmm. It's that. But yeah, there's, they made stuff. Just, uh, there's, like, no evidence of it. Hardly any. It's quite comical. Uh, so yeah, besides that, uh, I've been watching the Mae Young Classic. There's a little bit of wrestling news. Uh, I forgot about that. Fuck, thank you for reminding me. Seriously. Yeah, uh, the, the finals are this Tuesday after SmackDown on the network. I'm very curious to see how that works and why they're doing it that way. 
because it's like so you're expecting people to sit through SmackDown and then watch the Mayon Classic, or are they watching 205 Live and then watching the Mayon Classic after that? Because that's gonna be a terrible audience mm-hmm. of tired people who have sat through everything. Because you can't you can't do 205 beforehand because it's in Las Vegas. So you'd be yeah. having your your wrestling show start at three forty five or two forty five or something like that, right? Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a fucking mess. Good job, guys. Good job. We'll wait and see how that all works out. Uh, how you been doing this week, Steve? I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, I pull pump died last week, so uh, <laughs> it's on all the upside, coming together now. Uh, on the upside, it's the end of the season. So I got a pull pump for like a new uh, motor Ford for only like two hundred bucks, as opposed to like the four hundred that he usually goes for. See, you're going to eventually regret your pool pool purchase. Uh, well, I know that this was an expensive pool for eighty five thousand dollars, but it did come with this house. So I mean, we at least have the perk of the house if the pool kind of goes belly up. Well, Steve, you're going to regret that purchase here eventually as well. <laughs> Uh, broke my doorknob in the house. That was cool. You can continue to regret your purchase, Steve. <laughs> uh, something fell off the wall. I don't know if that was the house's fault, but it probably was. Teach you to purchase. If you rented, <laughs> you wouldn't have these problems. At all. <laughs> Zero problems. No problems at all. But hey, it's 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 fine. Like I said, I got a new pump for cheaper, so at least I solved that problem. That's the only upside with it dying, you know, in fucking September. Yes. Because the uh, the alternative is that it works. We shut down the pool, and then first day of the summer next year, we try to plug it in. And it's like, hey, go fuck yourself. Now good luck finding one. Yeah, that's, that's but, true. So given the time for it to break, it was a good time. Yes, and the thing was rusted to shit. Like, the fact that it worked at all was a goddamn miracle. So I'll take <laughs> what I can get. We got one season out of it for free. Woo! Woo! Not much else going on. It's Halloweeny. Halloweeny time. Uh, the Mist is a nice setup all of our Halloween decorations. Good. Yeah, it is good. I'm gonna buy a, uh, some Halloween 3 decorations that I found online. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It's gonna put Silver Shamrock uh, logos everywhere. It's like, don't you know uh, St. Patrick's Day? It was months ago. Shut up, you little fuck. Shut up, you piece of shit. Don't you fucking you, know. You failed the fucking test. You can't come inside now. <laughs> Happy, happy Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Speaking of Halloween, uh, the month of October, 8-Bit Geek is doing their 8-Bit Horror Fest. We do have a contribution to their month of uh, movie reviews, so be sure to check that out when that happens. I will post a link. Or just go over and check out the 8-Bit Geek. Follow them. There's some nice mans that say things I think are incorrect many times, but they do it anyway, so. Extremely incorrect. (laughs) <laughs> like not even close no <laughs> <laughs> like just not even close what i'm uh, saying is they're holocaust deniers that's what i'm saying yeah they're holocaust deniers they're gay lovers there's nothing wrong with being gay lovers they just they they get on there and say gays are bad though so they need to they need to do some soul searching yeah they need to pick one i don't even care which side preferably loving gays but you know just don't be hypocrites <laughs> you cucks <laughs> well folks uh, this is the last year we're going to be participating in 8-Bit Geeks 8-Bit Horror Fest uh, <laughs> to enjoy that while it lasts it'd be fantastic I don't think we'll be invited back for that or 8-Bit Christmas no their loss we will not be invited back I love you guys mostly Kevin though mostly Kevin uh, speaking of Kevin uh, as of right now he will be on next week's show so tune in for that folks oh <gasps> Fantastic. I legit, I forgot that. You did. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, there's there's a uh, formal reminder that Kevin will be on next week. You spent four hundred sixty-five thousand rooms, Thomas. <laughs> oh, it's almost Christmas time, guys. Almost. Every day we're closer to Christmas. Oh, I'm so excited. And then we're every day we're closer to next year's Christmas. You know. What a, what, a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> when Christmas exists. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be a good boy. I, you know, I promised my wife that she gets Halloween until uh, like 11.59pm on October 31st. 
And then, I, I, then at boom, midnight, peppermint it's Christmas. everything. Peppermint everything. <laughs> fucking, you're right. I always go to a fucking bar on a Halloween night, you know, drinking costumes, and then at midnight I go up to karaoke and just like, hey, play Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they're like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Why does he hate Christ? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't hate Jesus. Maybe you do, you pagan scum. <laughs> oh, pagans Christmas. Great. Okay, <laughs> moving on to movie news. Uh, let's get moving here. We got, fuck all this weird talk we do. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest news of the week. Uh, came out of nowhere, but after hearing it, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised. Uh, Kevin Trevauer. Kevin Trevauer. It's not Kevin. It's Colin. Colin Trevauer. Hey, 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 speaking of Kevin, Kevin's coming on the week after next. Next week we're doing uh, Bow Wow. No. Yeah, Kevin's coming on during Friday the 13th, right? Yes. Okay, that's not next week. No, next week is... no. Okay. I'm well, looking I... at the schedule, Bill! Okay, is next week Bow Wow? Next week's Bow Wow. Okay, so Kevin is on the week after that. I don't want our listeners to tune in next week and be like, where's Kevin? Isn't Kevin Sorbo in it? <laughs> Right? I don't fucking know. Oh man, that man's a dickhead. Oh, the, the biggest fucking dickhead. What a piece of shit. Fuck Hercules. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Fuck Hercules. Fuck you, Kevin Sorbo. Uh, but Lucy Lawless still super awesome. The awesomest. Five out of five. It's, yeah, appearance and personality. Yes, both both of those things. Both those things. Uh, so back to Star Wars news. Uh, Kevin Sorry. Power, no longer directing Star Wars Episode Nine. Okay. Why? Uh, I don't... I, I guess creative differences? But they didn't even finish eight! Well, I guess they're, they're in pre-production for nine. I mean, I guess, but I like what could come up at this point is, guess, is what I'm confused on. I don't know. Like, Han Solo was like, they were knee-deep in making the movie, and they were like, oh no. But this is just like, hey guys, I think there should be a, a yellow lightsaber if you're fired. Like... <laughs> Like, what could the conversation have been for it to be such a harsh, like, yeah, we hired this guy to direct episode nine in, like, ten fucking years. It's on. And now go, actually, you may have decided that a little early. Yeah, I don't. I guess, let's see, there's been fan petitions to get him kicked off because that fucking movie, The Book of Henry, was bad, which I don't understand, like, why we're doing that. Mm-hmm. There's so many things going on before I got kicked off. I don't know. It's, I guess it's better he got kicked off now before they're produ- producing the film. What's so funny about the Han Solo film is I feel like they're actually hiring more actors to be in the film now. Oh, sweet. Maybe I should sign up. Maybe I can be Han Solo. Yeah, just, just email up Ron Howard so I know what's going on. Hey, Ron Howard, I'm available to be Han Solo. Yeah, it's like this is crazy. I, I'm i not going to sit here and be all negative on Disney because, in fact, we have not even seen... Nine. We have not seen Han Solo. We've never seen. I mean, when it comes to studio shit going on recently, we haven't seen Justice League. We have no idea if it's good or bad. We can't just sit here and assume it's bad. I will always go back to many great films that people love that had tons and tons of production problems mm-hmm. and reshoots and such. And we're, they, we ever we love those films, but but nowadays, like all oh, the films, cursed. It's ruined. It's never gonna happen. It's, it's gonna be terrible. Okay, that's a shitty fucking attitude to have towards things. Yeah. So, I mean, even with, uh, actually, I think more the, most of the Fantastic Four stuff happened, like, the week the film came out. Yeah. Then, then all that news came out about what happened. It wasn't, like, so much during the filming. I don't remember that, at least as far yeah, as I remember. I'm, it was a little bit earlier than a week, but it wasn't during filming. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Josh Trank, like, went to nuclear meltdown time during, like, the week of release. During release, going, yeah. Saying it's terrible, it's fucking awful. And then you hear everything about him on set, how he was just a piece of shit and was terrible and it was... Was it, it was more of a case of the studio letting him have too much control and then realizing they fucked up royally. Yeah. And such. But what's so funny is I hear plenty of people saying, well, Warner Brothers and Disney just need to let the, let the filmmakers have more control. It's like, yeah, they did that. Then you said you didn't like their movies. Right. <laughs> they let Zack Snyder have the control and you said it was the worst thing ever. So now they want to have a little more control over things and fix things. Now you say you don't want that either. I'm beginning to think you don't know exactly what you're talking about. I've been even think that the internet just likes to complain about things. Oh, Steve, never, <laughs> never in a million years. Never in a million well, years. I guess you're right if you say never. Uh, so I guess the rumor now is Ryan Johnson may replace him. I I don't know who Ryan Johnson is. Is he related to Don Johnson? 
Oh, I guess he's the guy directing episode eight. Oh, well, I mean, th- that at least makes sense. Yeah. Uh, some people, I guess, uh, uh, Colin Trevauer is friends of uh, Justin Voight Roberts, who we were talking about with Kong Skull Island. Okay. But he's, he already said that if he's already working on the Milgar Solid film, and he said if there's a choice between doing Star Wars and Milgar Solid, he would absolutely do Milgar Solid. Oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he's like a huge Kojima fanboy, everything, so... Yeah, that's if, fine. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather direct a Metal Gear movie than a Star Wars movie myself, too. So. I, too, because I think there's less pressure. <laughs> yeah, there is less pressure. Because it doesn't matter if your script... It could be the script. The script could be bad, but it's all on you. It's always on the director. It doesn't matter if the script or anything. It's always on the director. Yep. This movie's fucking terrible. It's your fault, motherfucker. Like Michael Bay, shit scripts, and he's, he takes all the blame for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even he doesn't even direct the Ninja Turtle films. And people blame him. <laughs> God damn, Michael Bay ruined Ninja Turtles. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> God damn it! I love Steven Spielberg's Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> Perfect filmmaking from Steven Spielberg. It's what? so great. I can't wait to see Martin Scorsese's Joker. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. Hubba, hubba, hubba. You want beef? Make a roast beef sandwich right now for you. You want to go to Arby's right now, motherfucker? <laughs> no, that's your restaurant, Joker. So you're saying you don't want to eat at my restaurant? <laughs> Joker, I feel like you just want an excuse to stab me right now. It's like you're the internet or something. <laughs> I don't like this Joker. It's nothing like the Joker. Uh, I don't know. He seems like he's full of himself. He loves his own brand, and he's a pain-in-the-ass asshole that just wants to fuck everything up. Seems pretty fucking spot-on to me! No, it looks like a Juggalo. <laughs> Have you seen the Joker? <laughs> Did you know that he made a potion to make fish look like him? I feel like I man. I feel like we've had this conversation every episode. Okay, we're gonna... I don't care. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, we're just evolving into madness. Uh, one final bit of news, also related to Star Wars and Marvel. While we're on the subject, it's, it's official. Star Wars and Marvel films are officially moving off of Netflix in 2018, and they'll be moving on to Disney's streaming service. This was something we we're kind of talking about a few weeks back, and there was some question about what the status of those things would be. And the status is still kind of questionable in regards to the Netflix Marvel television series. Yes, I'm still curious on that. Yeah. Because, you know, on one hand, Disney, I could see Disney pulling those. On the other hand, I could see there being some sort of contract that Netflix has for those shows that lasts longer than, like, the movies and stuff. Yeah, I'm curious. Because right now, it's just the, the streaming rights is just 2019. I don't know if that also includes the shows. Yeah, I don't know. But I still see plenty of comments from people. It's like, uh, there's all, we can only have so many streaming services. Trust me. If a lot of people have to choose between Disney and Netflix, I, I an absurd amount of people will go with Disney. Yeah, it's surprising how many people I'm seeing. And we talked about this the first time that Disney announced their streaming. Um, but it's surprising to me how many people I see saying, like, yeah, I mean, if you have kids, the Disney streaming will be a good choice. And it's just like, people consistently forget that Disney's been making shit since the fucking 30s. Mm-hmm. And there's so much stuff that they have. So, yeah, Disney streaming is going to do A-OK. Yeah, and also, not just kids, uh, women. Oh, yeah. Women will flock to this. And Steve. And droves. Women, gay men, and Steve. So, women <laughs> and gay men. Swoosh! <laughs> Which one am I? You decide. Yeah, whatever you're feeling this week, buddy. Don't assume my gender. Yeah, anytime I can drop in a great, classy, 90s, homophobic-level joke... I go for it. My preferred pronouns are fab and abfab. Ah. Uh, because my gender is fabulous. Did you ever see the abfab movie? What? Did you see the abfab? <laughs> Ab- Absolutely Fabulous. The television series? Nope. You've never seen Ab- Absolutely Fabulous? Nope. Steve, you are a, a sack of shit. I'm sorry. You need to you need to correct yourself right now. Abfab is incredible. Okay. I so, didn't know that. There's homework for Steve. Steve needs to watch AbFab. And everyone should get on the Facebook page and every avenue they have to contact us and make fun of Steve for never seeing AbFab. I'm sorry for being a failure. Uh, that's okay. I forgive you. No, you don't. You're just saying that so that we can save face for the TV. <laughs> well, our viewers at home are surely enjoying themselves. Uh, our streaming service is free. You don't, you don't have to worry about making Until 2020. Until 2020. <laughs> 
That's an old joke. Jesus, I don't think we've made that one for like 50 episodes. Oh, we got to remind folks that, you know, in three years now, uh, they're going to uh, they're gonna have to start paying for this uh, top quality. What was it, five ninety nine? Five ninety nine an episode. I don't remember what it was last time, but now it's five ninety nine, buddy. And inflation, it's going up. It's going up. <laughs> got to pay bills. Got a hurricanes and shit. We got to cover that. The, Man. Uh, the orange crops are dying in Florida because the hurricane, and we make this show using oranges. So. Yeah. What are we gonna do when Shane Helms comes and attacks us? Exactly. That's a hurricane. The wrestler reference. I'm sure somebody will greatly appreciate. The Hurricane, who listens to our show, will be like, because he so remembers me. Uh, Shane Helms still does tons of stuff. Shane Helms is a really cool guy. Oh, yeah, but fuck you. I was just making a joke. I like the Hurricane, and I like Shane Helms. Uh, oh, Steve's a lover of hurricanes. Hear that, Texas and Florida? <laughs> Steve Rosinski loves hurricanes. Are you sure you want him leading your children? You sure you want him directing your movies? Bill Murphy for Carousel 2 director. Oh, speaking of director and movies, I, I totally had not had a chance to talk to you about this, so let's bring this up news-wise, because I, I don't see it reported anywhere. I kind of check news sometimes. Uh, Jeepers Creepers 3... Yes. D- ...does exist in the first place. I didn't know this until like a week ago. I didn't know until the protest shut down a screening. And then it's <laughs> going to be a Fathom event, one night only, late September. I think it's about two weeks from now. And I guess now it's the hubbub is coming up again about uh, the director and uh, the you know ish, the pedophile charges he dealt you know he went to jail for and all that stuff when he was filming uh, Clown House. I don't know. It was a while ago. It, it was a very long time ago uh, for Victor Silva. I mean, I'm sorry, Victor Salva. Victor Salva. Jesus Christ! His Wikipedia image, I think, is his mugshot, and it's. Uh, you could tell he was a, a pedophile. Oh, I'm going to go look to Wikipedia right now. Uh, yeah, ni- 1988 is when he was convicted. Oh my god, that picture. So 30 years ago. I really um, think he should go to Wikipedia and fix that picture. Yeah, somebody needs to, to adjust that. So yeah, th- Isn't that fucking convenient that like a bunch of people are really mad about that for Jeepers Creepers 3, but not Jeepers Creepers 1? I, I see. Here's the issue. I know plenty of people who don't have never seen Jeepers Creepers or anything because they will not support his films. But I also don't know what the news coverage was like online or anywhere else around the time Jeepers Creepers was coming out. I mean, there wasn't any. Not. I mean, I never heard. I never heard anything until probably Jeepers Creepers two afterwards. That's when I found out about the stuff. Then watching Jeepers Creepers two made a lot more sense. A lot more sense. That there's a lot of like twinkie young boys with their shirts off running all over the place. I mean, Vic to uh, to be a slight slightly fair here. Victor has said uh, in interviews that the creeper represents himself before he was rehabilitated. I did not know that. Yes, that's interesting. Yeah, he he made his carnal urges and the uh, person that he was the villain of this franchise. Well, we've said many things before about uh, particular pedophiles like Rob Polanski, Polanski! Uh, Polanski of Rome. And there's a difference here. Uh, Rowan Polanski has never served time for his crime. Victor Salva did serve time. But the but the end, I don't, I'm, I'm going to make this really short. I don't want to get into this too much. But I, I want to say my piece. There's people online where it doesn't matter if you served your time. If you, it doesn't matter that you served your time and you went to jail, do all stuff. If you're, when it comes to sexual assaults, like especially when it comes to pedophilia or animal abuse, if you did that, you you might as well kill yourself. Be like Kim Jong Un, uh, Hitler, all like uh, fusion dance together. You, it doesn't matter. You you are never going to be able to uh, be uh, redeemed. You're never going to be able to live your life again. You might as well. They might. You might as well have been killed. That's how. Yes. That's how everyone on the internet treats people like that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, like I, I got some experience firsthand with sexual abuse. I don't want to get into it on the podcast. It's not that kind of show. No. You know, if anyone wants to speak to me about that uh, privately, I will be uh, fully upfront about that. But I got some firsthand experience, and it, it personally it makes me sick a little bit how hardcore everyone is like revenge for life with this sort of thing, especially for people that serve their time uh, that don't, as far as we know, uh, commit the crime ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if if someone's honest with what they did. And they actually went to prison for it. And don't get me wrong, he got out a little too early, in my opinion. But, I mean, that's a failure of the justice system. That's not on him. Um, but if someone's doing that and they're trying to be a good person again, and trying to not be that monster that they were, 
and everyone keeps treating them like a monster, what is the motivation for monsters to be men again? And I, I just I just don't understand the um, blood calling that people always want. You know, the uh, complete lack of any humanity or empathy. Uh, and don't be wrong, you know, for a person who did do a terrible thing, there's no argument with that. But, again, like you said, you know, if it doesn't matter how, how long they're a good person, doesn't matter what good things they do, doesn't matter, you know, that they go to prison, doesn't matter anything else, the fact that they did this one thing then, uh, they, they may as well have died, because they don't deserve a life anymore, ever, according to a lot of people on the internet. Yeah. And I would not wish that on my own abuser. And I just, I don't understand how I have more empathy and understanding of what human humanity is than people that are just yelling from their safe, privileged computer chairs. Huh? <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I I don't know where I stand on this. I didn't necessarily care for the second film, so I don't know if I'll even see the third one. Yeah, I'm not seeing Jeepers Creepers 3, but not out of a boycott just because I don't like the Jeepers Creepers movies that much. I, li- I like the first one. I like the monster movie. I like the design. I liked the second one because I kind of did similar thing with Alien vs. Predator Requiem where it was just this creature just killing people. It didn't matter if you were set up to be the big hero of the film. You're probably going to die. Yeah. And I was so always I, like that in a horror film. I really appreciate that aspect of the film. So, I don't know. I, I haven't seen able to see a full trailer. There's like a 30 second trailer. That's it. Yeah, that is weird too. I noticed that too. There's only a 30 second trailer. And that's it. I don't even, I don't know anything about this. And don't get me wrong, uh, the trailers don't have to be long. Almost all of my trailers are only like a minute fucking long. Mm-hmm. But that 30 second thing isn't even a TV spot. It's like, just like, hey, here's a few screenshots. Bye. Yeah, so that's not, that's the thing. I just want to bring this up because I kind of had kind of jumped in front of us recently. And I know that's always in the horror community and amongst other a lot of things. This is a very touchy subject. I just wanted to give our two cents on it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there appreciates that i'm sure that there's also someone out there that just uh wrote up a huge article about how i'm an apologist for rapists yeah <laughs> that's what you did yep you don't think that they should be shot in the head so so you're you're a fuck i'm just as bad as them yeah rapist but Roman Polanski, uh, come on, let's get that figured out, guys. What's going on there? Yeah, can we all get on board with the, uh, can we, like, ignore Victor for just, a, like, a day and focus back on Roman Polanski? Yeah, can everyone just take all their efforts and push it towards Roman Polanski? Right? Like, can we get this guy that never was punished for his crime instead of all of this energy on the guy that was? It's really, oh, it's a funny thing. This is just kind of relating to other stuff. This is a thing that someone pointed out. When it came to, like, all the prominent dads on television between the Cosby Show, Seventh Heaven, and Murdered Children, um, Al, Al, Bundy. Bu- Al Bundy is the best, like, actual father out of, like, between the actor, Ed O'Neill, and then the character on the show ended up being the best father out of everybody. Yes. Which anybody who's watched that show <coughs> knows that Al Bundy was the best father. Oh, he clearly was. Worked a dead-end job to support his family, did everything he could for them all the time, even though he, you know, hated them and hated what they did to his life. Uh, he was. Uh, I don't think he hated them. He was just cynical about what his life ended up, as opposed to what he wanted his life to be. But I think at the end, he definitely loved his family. That's fair. And Sorry. he, you know, he had a decent life. You know, I, 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 should, I should iterate by the, the comical hated. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's family. fine. Some people take it Except as the Kelly. straightforward. Always, always loved Kelly. Always loved Kelly. Yep. Hey, pumpkin. Yep. Exactly. So uh, I think it's about time we finally get to this week's. Um... Uh, movie. Uh, let's get off the subject of uh, pedophilia. <laughs> we will never get off the subject of Roman Polanski. No, never will. From- who do who do people hate more, Roman Polanski or Roman Reigns? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to. We'll put both on WrestleMania. WrestleMania. <laughs> do people hate Roman Reigns so much that they will cheer for Roman Polanski. <laughs> oh man! I mean, let's let's set that up. I'll get I'll get in touch with Polanski's people. You get in touch with uh, Reigns and uh, Vince McMahon because I know you get all the ins with wrestling. I, I get uh, all of the ins because I watch because <laughs> you watch New Japan, so I know you have Vince's phone number. I do. Um, we'll set this up. I'll pitch it to them. And then we'll get Roman to come to WrestleMania, and then we arrest him. Exactly. I was gonna <laughs> say that. Boom. We can get around the extradition and stuff. <laughs> Braun Strowman runs out and says, "I'm not finished with you," and then handcuffs him and calmly <laughs> walks him to a police car. Man, we're gonna put Braun's gonna get so much like babyface heat. He's gonna be huge. <laughs> we're gonna That'd get him so over. 
That'd be the main event of Mania. <laughs> Braun Strowman stopping Roman Polanski, bringing him to justice once, once and for all. Bill, the ultimate heel. You know, Bill, we have this conversation, and in my brain I go, remember our first episode where we talked about our favorite movies? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve. We're going to talk about another movie today, Steve. Uh, today, we, in honor of us needing something to talk about this week, because we're doing <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, and the sequel to this film coming out in uh, two weeks, uh, we thought we'd look at 2014's Kingsman, The Secret Service, rated R, two hours, nine minutes, directed by Matthew Vaughn. A spy organization recruits an unrefined but promising street kid into the agency's ultra-competitive training program, just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius. I'm looking forward to this discussion because Steve had never seen this film. So, Steve. This was my first time seeing the film, yes. What did you think of Kingsman, The Secret Service? I loved it. A lot. Um, I have always been a big fan of, like, classic spy movies. You know, I used to like old school James Bond and stuff. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I like Casino Royale. But aside from Casino Royale, I've really been checked out with modern James Bond because it's not that silly spy stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, wanted to be the modern, gritty James Bourne stuff. I'm just like, no, I mean, that's that's James Bourne's thing. I wanted James Bond to be James Bond. And you it's mean just... Jason Bourne? Yes. I thought for a second you are being, like, coy. Like, ah, like, modern James Bond is, like, James Bourne. Nope, I just fucked up. No, it's okay. <laughs> they I, all have Jake. Um, it's not this... I'm sorry. You got James Bond, you got James Bauer, so I accidentally called... Well, that's, uh, that's Jack Bauer, so you're, you're doing great. <sighs> oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, fuck me. Okay, well, we got James English. Um... <laughs> that's a great, that's a great pull for, for James English. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Jamie English. My bad, Jamie. English. Yeah, okay, you're getting there. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, you know, I've been bummed out because you know Johnny English was actually the closest we had. To the old spy movies, and that movie came out in, like, what, fucking 2004, some shit? Yeah, then the sequel came out in 2012 no, it or did. something. <laughs> that sequel didn't happen. That that sequel did happen. No, I, in fact, finally watched that sequel, I think, earlier this year. Oh, yeah, what'd you think of it? Uh, it was not very good. Yep. <laughs> John English 1 is fantastic, I love it. I really do. But... It's those cases where I feel like the lead character, like, just turned to a complete idiot between films. Yes, completely agreed. In, in the first one, he's a schmuck, but he's not an idiot. In the sequel, he's Mr. Bean. Yeah. Like, I would say I would say Mr. Bean is smarter than Johnny English in the second film. Yeah, that's fair. That's Mr. Fair. Bean is just an asshole. <laughs> okay, American movie Mr. Bean. That's that's very apt. That's yeah, fair. yeah. There's two different Mr. Beans in the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> America's Earth 2, Bean. Um, anyway, uh, so... I like spot movies. Haven't been silly in a while. You know, too long didn't read. Bring you back up to speed after that conversation about John English. Um, so when I signed up for Kingsman, like, I knew it was not as serious, but I thought it was just a movie that focused heavily on, like, action sequences based on what I was seeing from, like, the trailers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, when the movie first came out, I kept hearing people say, it's great, it's great, it's great. But most of the... For the most part, the only things I kept hearing people talk about were, like, the action scenes. Which is fine, because the action scenes in this movie are excellent, so I can see why people were losing their minds over it. Mm-hmm. You know, no argument. Um, no one was telling me that this was the silly fucking wacky spy movie that I've been wanting for years. Yeah, this film is a total send-up of Roger Moore's Bond. Yeah, 100%. To the point where the movie talks about it in a meta way, and I lost my mind. Mm-hmm. It was great. <laughs> Uh, this the movie is nonstop fun. It knows what it is. It is silly. It is over the top. But at no point is it a parody, and no, no. point is it even a satire. No, you know it. It's, it, it, it remains very uh, charming and endearing, and in, in the fact that it's sending up a genre, but still invested in telling a quasi serious story. Yeah, it is still a real story with real characters with real consequences. Mm-hmm. Just. In the Roger Moore, James Bond era. Yes. With modern effects. <laughs> My, uh, watching the film, I wanted to bring up the usual thing we've kind of talked about before. We talked about, like, Dead Heat. Dead Heat is a, you know, horror comedy film. It maintains both elements of that very well. 
Then when it comes to, I mean, we've talked about many times of different genres all over the place. And with Kingsman, it's an action comedy. It's an action film, but it still makes sure to maintain the comedy aspect of it. Yes. And it, it, it never never diverts from being both of the, 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 a combination of those two things. It never tries to just go all out in the comedy realm because it still wants to keep itself grounded into an action movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that they, it's such a hard balance to keep sometimes in some films that try to tie that line. I agree. Or, or toe that line, I should say. And it's it's excellent filmmaking when you can pull it off. I mean, it's it's hard. Even with, like, uh, you know, I use myself as an example, but even with my stuff, you know, my stuff isn't really, like, horror comedy. You know, Carousel is very much a comedy movie with just, like, horror aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I... I don't have the talent to... I'll be totally honest. I don't have the talent, in my opinion, to do the full, straight-up this is a horror movie that also has a bunch of a bunch of jokes. You know, I, I very much find myself doing like one or the other. Um, or it's a horror with like light dialogue, but it's not to the point where I could call it a comedy, like Red Christmas was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a filmmaker to be able to do it so flawlessly is super impressive. Yeah, it always is when it, when it does, when they can definitely balance both those elements and make a successful film. It's always really impressive when it happens. I mean, Matthew Vaughn also did uh, Kick-Ass. Yes. Which is also a great uh, you know mixture of both of those elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, not so, I guess not so much uh, like X-Men First Class, because that's just a straight-up action superhero film. It's not trying to tow two different types of genres into one film. No. So, but those are like the, some of the prominent things he's done. Beyond, obviously, the second film coming up, and there's, I guess there's, they're also working on a third film, which would be exciting that'd be well. pretty neato <laughs> um yeah uh, I, I mean kingsman it blew me away i really did not expect it to be as excellent as it was well it blew everyone away that's what i was gonna get at uh sorry it blew everyone away like when it came out it was such a felt like a sleeper hit it kind of came out everyone saw it then it got word of mouth they made a lot of money and it was one of those cases where it kept making money over weekends because more people kept telling everyone about it more people kept going out and seeing it it was one of those films from the trailers. I'm like, oh, I'll go check this out. It looks okay. But then it, when I saw it, I was like, just like kind of taken aback. Like, whoa, I was not expecting all of this. Right. I was not expecting Colin Firth to be so fucking incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Sam Jackson just to bring it. Both in a performance, oh, yeah. performance that is comical, <laughs> but still has a lot of serious elements to it. Still sinister. Yeah, there you go. Sinister. Sinister is what I, I was definitely aiming for right there. And just his voice, his costumes. Yeah, I liked the the lisp was something that was just like, you have a lisp, and then be- after like a half an hour, it's just like, yeah, I'm signed on for this lisp. This really yeah. adds a lot to the character. It really does. I mean, just all the, like, the little things, like him not liking violence and all these other things. And even when um, when he kills Colin First character, it's like, I just killed him. Like, But you killed all those people in there. No, 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 no. They killed each other. Yeah. I didn't kill them. No. Well, you did it. You pulled the trigger. Wasn't that awesome? It felt, didn't that feel great? No, it felt fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, just the, the cast of this film is so incredible. <coughs> yeah, it's really good. The entire cast is fucking great on this. Uh, between uh, Colin Firth, Sam Jackson, of course. Uh, Mark Strong. Mark Strong, excellent whenever he shows up. So, uh, Taron Edgerton as Eggsy. Mm-hmm. Just so good. Uh, just firmly going right into that kind of leading role and... I, yeah, and I liked his uh, character arc. He did it very, very realistically, going from like kind of a uh, punk kid to very much a uh, gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, Milo Hayne as King Arthur in the film yes. was uh, also excellent. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know he was in the movie at all, <laughs> so that was a surprise. Oh, that's good. Uh, the Mummy was in the film. Yes, uh, Sophie Cookson as one of her very early, uh, early roles. Hey, she did a good fucking. She did a good job. Nope that that's uh, that's wrong. Actress. Sophia so, Botella. Sophia Botella. Sorry, I got <laughs> I, I clicked the wrong link, and I was like, I don't think she was wrong. No, Sophie was uh, not Galahad. Uh, yeah, wait, no, did she become Galahad or she become Lancelot? She become Lancelot. Lancelot. Yeah, 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 concept of knife feet mm-hmm. and it looked sick as hell 
It was sick as hell. All of her fight sequences were, were excellent. Like, I, when she first shows up and immediately uh, cuts uh, Lancelot in half, it's so shocking. Because, like, first off, you're like, oh, hey, it's Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. Like my exact thing. I went, is that Mark Hamill? Hey, sweet, it's Mark Hamill. You see this dapper gentleman come in here, kill a bunch of guys in a great, you know, choreographed sequence, and then just gets cut in half. Yep. And, and that's a great storytelling thing. I mean, you see that a lot in comics or whatever. You know, you kill the hero to show how badass the hero is, but first you have to show how badass the, how badass the hero is. Yes. So you introduce this guy who you've never really met before, aside from the 1997 flashback, where he's standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he comes in, he wrecks fucking shit, and you're like, holy shit, so, I mean, he's the protagonist, or at least the guy that's, like, mentoring the protagonist, and then he immediately dies. Yeah. Immediately. And it's great. I mean that that the whole sequence tells you so much about a character. It establishes so much about the Kingsman. The king, yeah, exactly. How he's me, like dapper looking, kill, super efficient, killing people. And he's get the get the whiskey. It's like oh, 62 or block or whatever the fuck it is. And yeah, it's like there's so many like elements. Like boom, you're, you're, there's such great storytelling elements where you're finding so much about this character and the kind of this whole persona and organization without without a lot without doing a lot. Yeah, you're maximizing your screen time. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is, again, when it comes to talk, you know, talking about filmmaking, being able to balance the lines here, you're also talking about how well you can uh, portray your characters and tell your story. And build your and world. Build, world building. The world building in this film is excellent. It's beyond excellent. They're, they're so good at quickly... I mean, like, it, it, they, tell you, they tell you about the spy world know, knowing that you are familiar with James Bond. Yes, exactly. And they're not, <laughs> they're not sitting here, like, trying too hard to explain everything, because they're, they're just going with it. Like, hey, here's a lighter that's a hand grenade here's this here's this here we're gonna show you these other gadgets hey what's fancy about what's fancy about these ipads oh uh, nothing they actually caught up to us yes (laughs) good bit (laughs) but you know like it's it's not worried too much and over explaining everything because it knows its audience it knows the world that it's showing this to has knows at least not me i was not seen a roger moore or earlier james bond film but they know what the hell it is but they know what, what it is they know the genre they know the tropes and the drapings yes so that way they can just go with the story and even when they have little character moments between uh colin firth and sam jackson where they're just like kind of you know like you said being meta quite about like way like the old you know crazy you know um spy films with you know the -the over-the-top villain and all this other stuff and like they're but they both kind of they both know each know what's going on they both know each other Mm -hmm. and they're both like playing into that which is always excellent i'll take the big mac (laughs) it certainly was a happy meal (laughs) I lost them. I, I like to think that they had that joke and they wrote the the McDonald's food based on that. Probably. <laughs> I'm sh- you know, it's one of those things where I am sure this is a product placement, but it works so well. Oh, yeah. I got no I never... problems with product placement so long as it isn't Krispy Kreme. Or when it's used to that degree, it's fine if it's kind of a punchline. Like, you're expecting some, you don't know what's going to be in this tray, what kind of meal. That's like, oh, it's just McDonald's. Yeah, and that's a great punchline. Yeah, it's, it's excellent bunch lines. So it's, it's great when you do that type of stuff. Like they didn't sit around and talk about like, oh man, man, th- is this the new Big Mac va- extra value meal for only seven ninety nine? This is the family meal. Don't you make sandwiches? Not like these. I get the teriyaki chicken. This uh, you know, I get these all for five dollars a piece. Five dollar footlongs at Subway. Jesus Christ! I think Hawaii Five O uh, maybe still beats Krispy Kreme and Power Rangers for worst product placement I've ever seen in something. By com- by direct comparison, yes. Just because of but if, reason. But if, but if we're keeping films and TV separately, then Hawaii Five O wins TV and Power Rangers wins movie. True. Uh, never can live. I do, oh, uh, it's a quick side story real quick. I was at the uh, used movie store. I pick up stuff from sometimes from. Uh, the Steelbook edition of Saban's Power Rangers was $5. I mean, maybe if it goes on sale and drops in price a bit, it'll pick it up. Yeah, it's just really funny to see the steel book that someone went to Best Buy, bought, didn't want it anymore, and dropped it off. So now it's at a five dollar level, not not like ten dollars. Like no five, no five. Yeah, I looked at it I'm like I will never want to watch that movie ever again. Ever. Uh, speaking of a film with great action sequences, uh, Kingsman has tons of them. Tons of them. There's so many of them, and they're all fucking good. And and not just like fighting, like any sorts of action sequences. There's fucking skydiving, fucking drowning students in a, in a room. Uh, uh, ch- driving away from cops in reverse. Driving away from cops in reverse. Shooting dogs. Uh, the I think the most notable 
set piece from this film, of the course, the church. Oh God, yes. When again in the theater, sitting there watching this film for the first time, when that came up, wow, wow, I was blown away. <laughs> Not just necessarily in the scene, but the setup to it. Like you get like the the, the lead in for Freebird while they're turning the knob, and you hear like the 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 beeping going up and increasing more and more on the cell phones. And immediately, you know, Colin Firth turns around, shoots the woman in the fucking head, and they all just start like killing everybody. Yes, it took me a minute for, to click that he was also being affected by the signal. Gotcha. It took me like not that long. It wasn't like I got to the end. I was just like, "Oh, he was like, no." Like at first, I was just like, "Oh, I mean, he's defending himself because they're all going crazy." And then, like after a beat, then a beat, I was like, "Oh no, it affects everyone around it." Oh, well, these people are fucked. Which is what I love about it because you get to see like the killing capability of uh, Kingsman of the of, like the Secret Service member taking on a bunch of rednecks. Taking on that, you can see how lethal this fucking guy is. Yes. Like, he's blasting people the fucking heads, impaling them on spikes, throwing his little lighter grain, blowing them up, beating people in the face with pistols. Yes. It's like, oh my god, like, the, the, the ruthlessness of it. And even when he has people taking, like, they stabbing him and stuff, he's, like, throwing them off. Like, he's unrelenting and just how uh, destructive he is. Yeah, he's, he's an unstoppable force at this point. And the uh, the editing for the sequence flows really well. Like, there's some sequences which I won't dog in the film because I think, especially for this film when it was made, I don't think it didn't have like the, the biggest uh, budget. Uh, only only ninety four million dollars. Yeah, which is really low for like what they were doing with the movie. I mean. Yeah, for the for how big and the kind of scope of everything for sure. So like sometimes the CG isn't the best, but I I forgive it. It's one it's one of those cases we talked before. Like sometimes you can forgive something as long as it looks as long as it looks. You know, okay, like, passable. Like, you can see what they're going for. Yeah, I mean, because that's a slight criticism, and I say criticism very, very fucking loosely uh, mm-hmm. with the film, is that they, there's a lot of, like, CG blood during, like, gunfights and stuff. But in a movie like this, I don't mind it, because they're using CG blood in sequences where there's a lot of fucking camera movement. Yes. And, like, choreography and stuff, where, like, I don't even know if having a blood pack was possible. Versus other movies, when I complain about it, it's in sequences where it's, like, just a guy standing there and then getting shot, and then he falls, and that's it. Totally agree. Like the because of how fast and fluid they're trying to keep everything going in these, especially, especially that church sequence. Because that sequence is like five minutes, and it's like you are seeing like sixty people die. Yeah, and that camera's all in it, going all over the place. The only cuts away you're doing were to, like seeing uh, Sam Jackson's Valentine character just like goddamn. Oh, turn that sound down. Ugh. <laughs> this is gross. And then you know it's afterwards he walks out. He's like, "You made me kill all those people." Yep. And, I mean, that's such an emotional moment, too. Because, yeah, like, you've is. really grown to like that character a lot. Oh, so much so. And then he's, then he's killed. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I'll be totally honest. No. I get, well, again, it's playing off those tropes. Like, you expect, again, like, they even make a joke about it. It's like, oh, you expect the part where I'm going to capture you and tell you my plans. Well, this is not one of those kind of movies. Picks up the gun, boom, immediately shoots him. And then vomits. Well, almost vomits. Almost, yeah. It's like a... He vomits later. <laughs> yes, I, that's Man, a what a build-up to that joke, yeah. Yeah, it was. Puke jokes so are stupid and terrible, but yeah, the fact that it's set up like in the first half hour. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's like the first like ten minutes of the film when they go to when they when Mark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Uh, I forgot, so, I forgot. It's like when, 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 when um, Sophia Botella is covering up the bodies and everything comes, I was like, I'm sorry about that. I got I understand stomach for violence. I see one drop of blood. I'm like, bleh. <laughs> it's great. Projectile. <laughs> it's just excellent. I mean, even even. Oh, man, the finale of the film. <laughs> It was really good. When Eggsy's running around, killing all the guards and stuff, and then when they you know, he's a cornered, they, they think they're fucked. Then they have the idea, like, oh, can you reverse that signal? <laughs> uh, thank you, Eggsy. Uh, oh, like, beautiful fireworks. 1812 overture going off, everyone's head starts exploding, and all, like, the world leaders, like, Obama's head exploding. Yeah! Thanks, Obama. <laughs> so, do you, <laughs> so is Donald Trump going to be a big hero in the sequel that doesn't say yes to a terrorist? I look forward to seeing what they kind of do in the, uh, the the Golden Circle, the sequel film. Because I would have, to, I would think, in this universe, Trump would have been one of the people Valentine would have at his place because he's a you know a rich person, all his other stuff. I I'm not sure. Like, who but all... would Valentine approach Trump? Maybe Valentine thinks Trump is a giant asshole. It's possible. You don't know. It's possible. I part of me hopes they don't try to ham fist that in the sequel. Oh, oh God, that, no. That, that dates stuff sometimes when they try to do things like that. I, I agree, but I also don't think it's going to be the case. Um, 
I, I mentioned that as a joke, and my wife is actually the one that pointed out. I was just like, they were probably done filming or were so deep in filming when the election was happening that they wouldn't have had time to even add something like that. Well, admittedly, the film came, came out in 20, 2014, so they were filming in like 2013. I'm talking about the sequel. Oh, I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. Yes, yes. totally. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be insane. That's just like, well, in 2013, they didn't have time to plan for 2017. They didn't know the world uh, that we'd be living in. They oh, cannot God, no, possibly no. plan for that. Hey, if you save the world, <laughs> you can fuck me in the ass, Bill. God, that's such a great... Uh, that's, it comes out of nowhere and Eggsy's face and reaction to that is 100% perfect. It's like, okay, well, well I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> and then he saves the day everything. Then you just see him grabbing champagne, glasses, <laughs> walking back there. And then then, the, then you're like, oh, haha. Then, then you see the shot of her ass and then that's the punchline. Yep. It's so funny. It's so good. I laugh so hard at that. Oh man, this this film is just from beginning to end so charming. So I mean, I, I, we haven't talked too much about the character of Eggsy and his entire plotline and story. It works so well. Of the you know the usual um, you know proving that just because you're poor doesn't mean you're 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 not near you know, as good as these rich people. And like uh, Colin Firth has to tell you know Harry Hart tells him is you know being a gentleman isn't about your your status. Mm-hmm. Other type of stuff, and he's just a he's just a excellent Man- character to fo- follow. Manners make the man. Manners manners maketh man. Maketh man. Damn. And then you throw a glass <laughs> that's just sitting on a table in someone's face. I've done that at least seven times since I've seen the film. Yep, it's a great. My accuracy to start a fight. is getting better. I will <laughs> hit somebody. <laughs> I keep. I the first three times bartender went down, and then I got my ass kicked by the guys I was fighting. But I think in about seven years, Bill. Eventually, I'll get there. I'm going to be quite a force with that glass. The Uh rest of the fighting, I'm still not going to be good at because I've been putting all of my training on the glass throwing. (laughs) Um, Someday, I'm going to know really, you know, efficiently how to use an umbrella. Yes. It's going to be excellent. Uh, I just got to wait for them to give me a cool umbrella. I'm just going to practice with my regular umbrella right now. (laughs) I found out the other day, harshly, that does not stop bullets. (laughs) Uh, I was in the hospital for a while. Don't want to talk about it. I got better. I got better. <laughs> uh, but going back to the like little interesting things I really like with the storytelling, I saw even early in the film, Eggsy won't give up his friends when they steal his, the asshole guy at the bar's car. Correct. And stuff, which again leads directly into later. Even then, he, he's coming up when like his uh, mom's boyfriend is kind of threatening to beat him up. He won't tell anybody like, yeah. about you know, Harry. When it comes to the final test of like, hey, tell us, or you might you're gonna die by this train. He doesn't give him up. Mm-hmm. It's always little things like that. They are throughout the film that always feel really genuine and he feels and well, like and a, well done. He feels like a real person without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and he feels like realistically clever. Yes, like he's not treated as like some savant. <laughs> no, he's he's it's shown as him being a special guy just because of his social standings and where he's at. He just was not able to pursue the things that he he probably could have. Pro- prospered at doing yeah yeah i mean like he's naturally intelligent don't be wrong you know he tested the top of all of his uh, tests and all that stuff mm-hmm. but i mean at no point is like this guy unhappy and like oh yeah i solved the equation for life or whatever the fuck you know they would pull out of their ass you know it's, yeah, there's, it's, no, there's no moment of like oh you guys i finished the test in like two seconds so. yeah there's none of that that's what i'm talking about no it's all it's usually just all you know um street smart elements or just you know physical tests and things like that yeah They're like oh this is, kinda... this is two a glass clearly yeah, which they also, you know, kind of established, like, you know, he, uh, um, he had two years in the Marines and some other stuff. He had some military service. Yeah, he has tr- some training. He's not just a kid. Yeah, exactly. So they do little things to make sure to establish, like, no, this is not too far-fetched. Mm-hmm. But I also like the little moments, like, um, the other two candidates, you know, <laughs> Roxy and the asshole guy, uh, are trying to hit on the, t- the target for their test, and he walks up like, hey, this champagne tastes like shit. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then the great bit where they, they find out they were drugged and everything is just... Kind of comical. It's always little little bits in there. It's always really funny. Um, yeah, and I, as soon as the camera panned away from Michael Caine offering him a drink, I knew that he switched glasses. Of course. Because it was so in character for him. Yes. That that wasn't like a twist. You know, it wasn't like, a, oh, he didn't fall for Michael Caine. I was like, oh, Michael Caine's fucked now. <laughs> yes. Totally. Like the whole, immediately when he sets it up, like, oh, those are the Kingsmen? Like, you know that's a diversion. Yes. Immediately. Yeah. Because that's who AZ is. And I like that. You know, I like the idea of, me knowing that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a bad thing that I called it. I feel like it was like a, the movie wanting you to call it. Yes. There's nothing, never anything necessarily wrong 
with having the surprise you think is going to happen have happen. Yes. There's some sometimes between filmmakers, especially comes when it comes to wrestling. Sometimes with booking and uh, to you know, tell anything. Sometimes they want to just make something different for the sake of making something different because they they know the audience think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? A lot of people get pissed because like, why would you do that? It makes no sense. Yeah. Why, why do you just? You know, there's never anything wrong with just doing the most logical. Yeah. Angle. Because then that's like then it, you, you create the gen, genuine excitement. It's like yes, it happened, yay! Yeah, I think that happens more often than people being disappointed at that. And again, like if the audience knows that a character is going to do something, that's just a testament to how well written that character is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least. Versus, oh yeah, it's uh, what a twist. Yeah, or whatever. Twist for the sake of being a twist. Yeah, just for the sake. Um, I really like Roxy the movie, and I like the slight um subversion of the trope. Where, you know, in an actual Roger Moore, James Bond film, she would have just been, like, a love interest, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, she is clearly a, an extremely effective spy, where she becomes a Kingsman before Eggsy, our protagonist. Because he wasn't willing to shoot his dog. Which was beautiful, but I also also said, I'm pretty sure that's a blank. Well, my stance is always, oh, you could have just shot him in the leg or something. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I shot his tail off. <laughs> yeah. He didn't need that. Nope. It's all good. He'd still be fine. Came to the hospital. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the music in the film is also excellent. It is very excellent. You know, people talk uh, about like Guardians of the Galaxy using a soundtrack perfectly, and this movie I think does it way better. No, because it, it doesn't. It's um, quality over quantity. Yes, certainly is what's going on here. Yeah, like so many great punchline bits, like the whole. This, I don't know the name of the song off the top of my head. The song that plays when the the whole celebration clock goes down when they're in the room where it's like the sparklers and balloon and like a disco ball dropping and there's always corpses everywhere from people's heads that exploded but yeah like that song is going while um sophia batella and um should be able to have names up here more easily taryn uh, yeah taryn edgerton are fighting each other it's uh it's excellent and i, I like that her uh, sophia, sophia i'm sorry sophia batella's character's name is gazelle <clears throat> oh yeah it's great also, just a super, you know, like you said before, a super intimidating, super awesome, like, Bond, henchman level type character. Yeah. Like, you always kind of have a, like, those type of characters, and I think it's a really imaginative, fun way they did it. Mm-hmm. You know. And again, as you said, you know, her introduction and every scene with her was fucking awesome. You know, yep. like, her uh, kidnapping the uh, Swedish Prime Minister and cutting to, like, the floor when she grinds against it with her blades and seeing just all the wood peel up. It's little things like that that make you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, it makes yeah. it feel more real. Yeah, and then the final battle between her and Eggsy is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just an excellent film. Were there any other uh, key parts of the film that you really enjoyed that we haven't covered so far? I mean, not really. I mean, I I like all the tech. I like the characters. I like the plot. I like the pacing. I like the music, and I like the action. It's a it's an excellent excellent film that, like I said, came out of nowhere and is just like a joy. I I, I can rewatch it easily. Like I think I've watched almost. Uh, every year since it's come out since i picked it up and everything even then i think i think i think i've watched like twice this year already yeah i paid to rent it because on amazon it was only 99 cents to rent in hd take note other film studios because mm-hmm. like i feel like so many movies are like i'll rent it for 4.99 go fuck yourself go, uh, I technically you can just go to the video store and rent it for that much for less my family video you can rent movies for like a, a dollar new movies for i think maybe two mm-hmm. and you get all the bonus features then uh, where yeah, this exactly. was 99 cents, but you know what? I'm going to buy this on fucking Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I highly recommend picking it up. Yeah. yeah so. High recommendation. Ho- hopefully, if you've listened to this episode, you've already seen the film. If not, mm-hmm. I hope we've convinced you to go check it out. It is a stellar, fun, 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 fun time. It has a pug puppy. <laughs> it does have a pug puppy. I do, I do enjoy that. I like how they kind of take the piss of Eggsy throughout the entire film. It's a, it's a bulldog, right? It's going to get bigger, right? No. <laughs> so 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 awesome just just such a just a fun fun action film yes so i highly highly recommend it so uh star writing steve uh i think this is the first time in the history of movie films i've done this back to back in episodes but five stars yeah i think for me also uh, especially i don't know how i felt about it when i first saw it i actually think it might have been 2014 it might have been on my best of the year if I, or it might have been, it might have been a runner-up, like honorable mention. I'd have to go back and check. If I had seen it when it came out, this would have been in my top five, no question. Yeah, I said I had to go back and double check what came out in 2014. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm also a very solid five stars. It's so enjoyable. I, I, 
it's one of those films that you know sometimes when you have to rewatch a film you can rewatch it you can get a you know better taste for it better understanding what you like about it and then your 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 feelings might change versus when you first saw the film and for me after seeing it several times looking at it, talking about it more yeah easy five stars easy it's all it, it sometimes the films also get higher star rating if it's also it lends itself to rewatchability oh yeah for sure and this film does and yeah, and it's sure. two oh it's over two hours long and at no point did I feel feel like it was. Oh, it's a brisk watch too. It, it just flies by such great pacing. It's always always something happening, always changing the scenery, always keeping you invested, interested in the characters and then everything else. Just a great, great film. So let's wrap it up here, guys. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at moviefilmsbuildingsteve.gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about this week's episode, about any of the other topics we've been talking about. Hey, are you going to get the Disney streaming service in 2019 over Netflix? Let us know. That'd be fantastic. Love to hear from you. Uh, you can also find us at moviefilmsbuildingsteve.tumblr.com. All of the episodes are listed there. It's always very convenient to get to them. We're also on Facebook and on iTunes. Those are the two best ways you can stay up to date with us all the time, either by liking the Facebook page. If you do, please leave a message. Let us know that you've uh, come there from the uh, podcast and such. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode on whatever uh, device you listen to your podcasts on. And you can please uh, leave a five-star review and a you know and such, and that'd be nice of you. Uh, get some more stuff on there. It's always be to be grand. And we're also on Stitcher on the website and the mobile app. So there's, again, another avenue for you to check us out. And I am on Twitter at Bill. And, of course, you can check out my film, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. Head to Carousel.com uh, if you want to just pick up a Killer Unicorn movie. All of my films, except for Carousel, are on Amazon Prime. So if you just search my name, C. Rosinski, uh, you can find pretty much anything. And if you're a Prime subscriber, that's already uh, free. You already pay for it with your monthly subscription. If not, my movies are pretty cheap to rent. You know, especially the older ones. I made them budget films so they're cheap to rent, like Kingsman was. Um, and if you want to see me being a superhero wearing spandex, just being a cool guy, facebook.com slash the amazing spider Steve. I got a new black suit. I forgot to say that in the news during how my week was. There's the news, everybody. The black suit. I got a new black suit. It looks really good. Bill, do you think it looks good? I think it looks uh, fantastic. Thank you. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. I'm a Catholic whore, currently enjoying Congress at a wedlock with my black Jewish boyfriend who works at a military abortion clinic. So, hail Satan. Have a lovely afternoon, madam.